This is Mike Madrid. And this is Gregory Rodriguez. We're your hosts for Americanata, where we'll be exploring the intersection of race, class, culture, and politics during a time of extraordinary change. We'll be thinking out loud and processing what's on our minds as we go, unfiltered. And we're looking forward to you joining us for this discussion as we explore how we got to this tumultuous moment in the United States. Gregory, what is right with American culture? Wow. Uh, boom. No warning. Boom. Uh, I don't know if it's right, but what I appreciate about America, I'm not sure it's so I'm not sure you mean call the culture per se, is it's it's set up. Uh, it, it, the system of governance, the philosophy behind the system of governance is set up to allow for the full expression, the, the fullness of human expression. It's, it's, it's kind of nuts. I mean, it, it really is, you know, the, the pursuit of happiness of, for individuals. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff we talk about the negatives is that it's really no place for the collective, right? So it's really the fullness of, of human expression um, for better or for ill. And it's, it's, it can be absolutely glorious. It's, it's the way people dress. It's the way, what, what people can accomplish. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, it creates inequality. It creates all sorts of bad things. It erodes community, but greatness is possible here because of the looseness uh, 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 the, the, because of the way government is supposed to allow for the individual. Um, so th that is essentially something just still remarkable. Um, you know, we're feeling the negatives of it, but I think down to its core, um, it, it still allows for a remarkable wide ranging expression of human potential. And that's really the hope, right? Or the aspiration. And whether it's a failed experiment or if it's a failing experiment or whether it's the inequality that you described, the idea was that it could be this unique place in the human experience to allow for that. And isn't there some value in having a place that accentuates that? Absolutely. But I don't think it's a hope. I think it is. It has been. I mean, even the expression of greatness is, is, is it's inordinate here. It's, it's, uh, so I, I don't think it's a, I think that is, I think we, America has been that for, for as long as it's lived and absolutely there's a value, but, 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 but as the fullness of ex human expression and the belief in individual autonomy goes on and on, um, it becomes more and more uprooted from the other forms that are actually, I would call culture, the other forms of human collective behavior that erode to give way to that individual expression. So American culture, again, I, don't, I, I have a problem with the notion because American had many, many cultures. And, the, and, and so as people were, were sort of siphoned through into individual autonomous beings, they lose that culture. So it's, it's like a rocket ship. So it's can America survive on the, just, just only the belief in individual human expression without any collective strategies for, uh, uh, or belief in the common good, which is something more akin to a culture. I hope that I made sense there. I think it make, makes perfect sense. I'm just wondering what the, and I agree with you. I'm just, look, there's a reason why 
the governmental structure and the institutions that we have built allow for probably one of the most creative, innovative, entrepreneurial <clears throat> people uh, anywhere, not just on the planet, but arguably in all of human history, right? Not to be right. too sweeping or grandiose, but that's right. that's part of what I think a lot of us as Americans are afraid of losing and are working to preserve with this look in the rearview mirror that it also creates extreme disparities in in inequality is the winners run the losers kind of trying to keep up from behind i hate to use crass terms like winners and losers but it's true there's a reason why there is so much disparity right and and that's that leads to different governing philosophies that seek to hinder or to to mitigate the 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 damage that this essential philosophy creates, the New Deal, for instance, or uh, you, you know, so sort of elements of collective government-sponsored protection um, that we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, compared to Europe, you know, for instance. But but so yeah, there there are in the, in, the, in the last episode I was talking about individual pe people coming together as collectives to preserve. Um, some sense of happiness and some sense of meaning and some sense of uh, so 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 the 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 correctives to to uh, to this individual belief in the individual uh, expression um, those always have to come about and if we don't come about any new ones then we're in trouble there has to be you know sorry I had to I, I, to, I think about Ebenezer Scrooge okay I, I was in I was in the Christmas Carol one day this is a really horrible local production my wife and I went because somebody knew somebody somebody and, and I realized oh my god this is this was a tale of an extreme capitalist being taught that there are more important things than making money, right? So that was we need we need Tiny Tim. We we need, that's culture's Tiny Tim, and the system is Ebenezer Scrooge. And we always need to mitigate and keep Scrooge from just being his full capitalist self. What does that? A national consciousness? No, it's again, it's not national. That's that. That's the thing. It's, it's it's all about national. The national doesn't feed us. The the national government was supposed to be you know for war and defense and the the, the this whole notion of going national is part of our loss of culture. It's part of our loss of of the small collective, the things we identify with, our neighbors. Nations are to some extent they're all they're abstractions. Very few people have been to fifty states. Your my sense of a nation comes from Los Angeles or different places or, or the desert of Southern California. Um, so no, it's 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 it. What does it is is a more rooted sense of fairness, of 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 mercy, of sort of culturally rooted sources of wisdom that help mitigate the rawness of the system of governance and the capitalism it promotes. So it's not, a, I, don't think the, I don't think the government can do it. I don't think the government, the government doesn't create culture. Government creates laws to stop you from doing things, from behaving in ways because you're outside of culture. So I think it's really about up to people to create the cultures and to abide by rules among their own communities, whatever those might be, to help survive the coldness of the national whatever it is, the national engine of progress. So has there ever been a time where there has been 
a cultural virtue or a civic virtue that has better balanced the tendency of what America's governance has created in those excesses? Well, you're, you're, these are brilliant questions and you're putting me on the spot, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I've been reading a lot about whether the found the founders were were liberals or Republicans first. So yes, there was a notion of republicanism, and you know, scholars of the last thirty years are saying, well, there were sort of both, right? There were there were a variety of founding ideologies, and so yeah, the, the notion of republicanism has the, the notion of virtue uh, uh, embedded in it, right? So the notion of liberalism does not. So. Yes, there's been some mitigation, you know, the, the notion of noblesse oblige, asked the Bush family why they became president. It wasn't, it wasn't probably the same reasons as Trump ran for president, right? So there were some mitigating, but I would argue that those came from their own parochial corners of the country, Connecticut, or you see what I mean? They, they came from rooted cultures that weren't, they don't, culture does not come from Washington. It does not come from government. Um, so but yes, but as 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 people become move out of religious traditions, people move out of, of ethnic traditions, what we're seeing is a greater deal, greater percentage of Americans beyond the mitigating forces. So therefore it's becoming just more transactional. It's like what I was talking to my aunt last night, what Trump did to the presidency is ruin the myth of it. <laughs> now everyone can see the transactional nature of it all. Right. And and part of governance, part of a country is myth. It's 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 uh, it's believing in the power of whatever. But that that seems to be gone. So my concern is that we're never going to gain that back. Is America the only place that looks to its governing capital for culture? No, no. I mean, I just there was a great column in El País yesterday that basically said there's too much Madrid, too much Madrid, too much Madrid in Spain, that that the lockdown has led to like everyone's sick of Madrid. Um, France. Can you ever have too much Madrid? <laughs> oh, <laughs> bam. Let's end it get right there. It. Buddy. Let's get to that it. was too good. But Paris sucks up so much energy. It's just it. it but there's a difference here. There's, it, the, the, as we lose culture, we governance becomes government becomes so, so important to people's lives. And I think that's very destructive. Why is that? Why do we look to, to the government when we lose culture? Well, because well, again, that's a good question because as I say, we we're saying last discussion, the, because governance is for lack of a better term, governance is the cult is a central part of the culture of America. It's a system of governance. There was no foundational culture upon which uh, uh, the country upon which the country was was born and was built. There was no it was too diverse. By the time 1776 came along, it was already very diverse. So there was we it wasn't it wasn't England. I was just reading uh uh, one of the one of the, the the pamphlet writers in the revolution was saying, "Oh, we're only a one third English. We're not even the child of. We're not. Even, he's arguing we're not even the children of England. We're not even children of, of the Great Britain. That so, without a foundational culture, we the government relied. I mean, rather the nation relied on on the cultures people brought. And I think I think it's the absence of anything else, dude. I mean, I mean but it's not just government. It's also it pop culture becomes really important, right?" 
it's the conversations about Britney Spears recently have been really interesting. There's they're really emotional and really sort of beautiful in their way. Like so pop stars and iconography and and sort of it's not only government, it's also sort of a movie stars and looking toward these myth, these these mythical gods or uh, to find some sort of meaning. So I think pop culture is particularly important in addition to governance. And does the fact that so much of American pop culture leaking out to the rest of the world say something about what we are exporting? <clears throat> this emptiness. Oh, damn. Yes, absolutely. Like I, I tell a story. I, I once was just so sick of LA and the stupidity of the local whatever years ago. It's like, you know, I haven't changed really, have I? But, but over 20 years ago, I went, I took a, a plane to, to Cape Town, South Africa. I got on a, a boat, a research vessel, and I, the eight days we got to the most remote inhabited island on there, Tristan Acuna. And in my second afternoon there, someone asked me if I knew Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I was furthest away I've ever, I could possibly be. It took, I was nine days away from Los Angeles. And absolutely, we are we are we are exporting, but we're also exporting dreams. We're also exporting this guy, this 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 whatever he is. Uh, I don't have much of an opinion on him. Uh, from Austria's bodybuilder comes and becomes a governor of California. So we're also exporting dreams. We're exporting liberalism. We're exporting, you know, in, in the Spanish politics, I've noticed, for instance, that freedom is a thing now. Everyone, the, the, the president of Madrid, the conservative, she's, she talks about Spain being the capital of liberty. So that sort of infusing the world, this American notion of freedom too, for better or for worse. So absolutely, we're exporting, we're exporting dreams. We're exporting, hey, dude, um, I have several requests from people I know in Madrid to bring back Laker, uh, bring back Laker keychains <laughs> or a picture hmm. of a Hollywood, a Hollywood sign. Yeah. That stuff permeates the world. And so are we exporting our culture more than we're exporting our system of governance or are they the same thing? No, they're two different things, but, but, and I can't speak to where we are now, but historically, you know, we've sought both. Right. So, uh, you, you know, after world war two, that the, in addition to, uh, to, to, contributing to the to money to to the to the nations that were defeated uh we also contributed to the to the literally uh, actually wrote their constitutions in japan it was a written american written constitution so absolutely and that sort of puts them into the world that the america lives at which is uh, sort of democratic capitalism so um so they're both but and but and they're, they're you know i know a guy is a filmmaker now in london from romania his he went to a jazz concert sponsored by the State Department in his town in Romania, like whatever, whatever they're doing when America was doing that, never got over it. So he was like, I loved, I loved America right then. So the cultural diplomacy and sort of the 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 extended of the notions of, of of the way of governance have been hand in hand. And it, one creates goodwill and one creates order, I guess. What does it say then that there's a rising isolationism in America? And again, it's not new, right? This has bubbled up for many, many years, even going back to George Washington's admonitions that, you know, we should avoid entangling alliances and allow these two great seas to protect us and keep us away from everybody else. 
this tension between the quote unquote, the globalists, right? The Republican right. establishment, and then the kind of populist element that has consumed the American right. And is evident, frankly, on the left as well, right? Is this, this uh, 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 let's look out for America first and Americans first, and let's get out of these foreign entanglements and these foreign wars. Is that a capitulation of, of this, this 250 year sentiment of Americans need to export our quote unquote superior system of governance and maybe even our superior culture or, or lack of culture as it were? As you said, I think it's always been there. The tension's always been there. And, 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 and I think the, the way I've been talking lately, I'm, I'm more and more of a localist. I'm more and more of, uh, and I think that's what the times need. That's what people need is rootedness and meaning. So I, I, I don't know if it's a, it's a great question and a great thought. And I'm sorry you keep on throwing questions at me so I can't really recover my, I'm still, you're just stabilizing me at every moment. <laughs> But but um, wait till I ask for the lunch order. That's really <laughs> so um, no, I don't think it's a capitulation. It's it's, it's a re, it's a reprioritizing, it, and, and and every generation seems to to do it. And um, I don't know. I, I think the humbling of America uh, over the last year and a half can be a good thing. I think the notion there is a supremacy that runs through the pages of the New York Times. There is there is a the American supremacy. Was always, which was always tied to a certain implicit white supremacy, which is sort of different than white supremacy. But that's, it might be good to go, it might be good to throw it away. It might be good to say, hey, we are one of the nations of the world and we are good at certain things, but we're not the greatest. I think the obsession with the greatest also leads to the inability to allow for and to acknowledge and to repent for uh, what's bad about the place. So I don't know. I think humility might be a really good thing for the United States. But and now I need the time to breathe and to ask you something back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 localism versus sort of externally projected. I'm just curious, where are you in in, in that continuum? Yeah, I, I I have been saying for the past few years that very little of my value system has changed, right? As and again, I hate to bring it back to being kind of a political partisan operative here and, and watching my career trajectory change dramatically over the last four or five years, but I am very much of the opinion that localism is is and empowering localism and giving its agency in this country is what makes uh, so uniquely great. I, I don't know, and I hate to say this after 250 years, how sustainable it is. It's it seemed to have it seems to have worked. Um, it, I think it's being it's been challenged, right? It's 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 absolutely met its crisis points. I think it's at a crisis point now. Probably not as bad as we've met in the past, but I, I think when there's a very strong sense of localism and a commitment to localism that we, we, we find our best selves, uh, not just our best individual self, but our best national self. I think that, that we, are, we are an experiment, not just of 50 local democracies with the states, but we're an experiment of 380 million individuals. And when we allow our winners to run, and I hate to use the terms winners and losers, but it's... American history is replete with individuals who have accomplished extraordinary things, which have pulled so many other of others of us along. It's not as much the collective 
as that is the individual. And I think that even strong systems of government outside of the United States have looked to that, to tap into that and to learn from that, even though they're not structured that way from either a governance perspective or perhaps more importantly, a cultural perspective. And I think in many ways that defines a big part of the tension of our era. And you and I have talked about this a lot, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but that's part of what we're doing here with this conversation is we are increasingly becoming a population of people that lack a Western European tradition. And that means that we are people that don't have a historical legacy or historical tie to, 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 that, to that commitment to individualism, right? This Protestant ethic that kind of came across the Atlantic Ocean. And I, I don't know what America becomes. I believe we're heading towards a better trajectory, despite a lot of my pessimism. But I believe that there's a lot of cultural value, especially with the, the increasing Latinization of America, right? Is there is this blend that has to work between these documents, which really enshrine as you articulated, this sense of individualism, which is at the which is the cornerstone of what makes America unique. But it has, for the better part of our history, um, been defined by people whose historical legacy and their past and their ancestry come largely from that that history yeah. am i missing something no 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 i i appreciate everything you're saying except i i i, I think that's a that, that, that's a fallacy i mean the irish did not come with the sense of individual rights there's there a sense of collect they were they were collective uh mm-hmm. they were they were catholics uh and, yeah. and, and no there, there was always clannishness among everybody so the, 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 you know the poor the poor scotch irish didn't come across carrying books okay they, these are people <laughs> with instincts and people that really went to the frontier and and that's 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 a fallacy that people People come with a greater sense of individualism. And again, as we talk about the individual and the enshrinement of the individual, we have to also square it with white supremacy. And white supremacy in this case was that whites getting together wasn't a race per se. It was a group of people from a variety of places that banded together under certain situations to enhance their ability to get the property of other people. So mm-hmm. that's not the end of the, the people who went out as individuals into the frontier didn't do it by themselves. Actually, they did it because collectively the government was behind them and they took property from other people, which because they were white. So even the individualism that we talk about was supported by this collective racial privilege on the part of the frontier. So that's all a little bit of a myth. Uh, as, I, as we talked about before, everyone comes and conquers down and finds comfort support networks with the people just like them, right? And then the, the opportunities of the, of the country pull them out into, into new places that, that, that liberate them from the good and the bad of those collective uh, of behaviors, right? So I don't think, that, but but let's but let's go back to to this this notion of um, of the localism being the beauty of the place, and I, I really appreciate you saying that. But but and and so, and you do you agree with me that 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 seems to have gone by the wayside that the 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 the, 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 the idolatry of, of Washington. But do are we on the same page that? that the, the, the local like local newspapers are dead right we've mm-hmm. seen bob putnam's bowling alone civil society is is really strained so we're on are we on the same page that if local that localism is very special to the american experiment and that it's suffering right now we agree on yes that? yes okay. i think okay. it's probably at its weakest point and and uh, maybe in our history right 
and again, because of notions of assimilation, because of exactly because of the uprooting from tradition, that one ends up outside of those collective behaviors what, that created the clubs or the or the networks or the immigrant uh, aid societies. Um, mm -hmm. So, so therefore, the answer then, if we agree, the answer can't come from the top. The answer must uh, come from the locales themselves. Uh, that's I yes yeah, and is that unique? No, that's I mean, look, where it the, always the, comes the, the argument for supremacy in America, and I think you're exactly right, is essentially an elitist argument, right? We have been, we have been, despite our mythology, a very top-down society. Dude, I am reading, I, I'm reading, I'm reading this, the definitive history of the Whiskey Rebellion right now. You got to read it. It's unbelievable. Okay. Talk about What's it called? What's the title? Uh, it's called The Whiskey Rebellion by Thomas Slaughter. And it's just genius. And it's really, the, I mean, he, he starts with the notion of the excise tax wasn't very popular in Britain as it was in, 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 for the last century. And there were, were this is called the internal tax. And we're, we're talking about the, the, the unhappiness of the people on the frontier. And they felt that the people on the East weren't, weren't protecting them in their fights with Indians. And, and so we're, we're talking about how the people in the interior felt very at a disadvantage because the land, most of the land out there was already, was owned by speculators in Philadelphia or on the East coast. So he's talking about that this, uh, this, this seminal moment that seems to be, and I, I haven't finished the book yet, but seems to be the other America, the other America that the narrative from the very beginning were the coastal people who talked about nationalism, right. And the people in the interiors who talked about us and they not they're not feeling reflected in the concerns and the vision of America of the people on the on the on the coast, and I, I reading it is just astonishing. And it, you know, it, it takes you to this insurrection of the last this year, and and it, and it really it takes you to the difference between those who believe in this America, which is sort of outward looking, and those who feel, hey, we are different. We have a different experience. And, and I've always felt that, by the way, as a, as a Southern Californian, I, I always felt that my experience here uh, is completely different than that of New York or, or, or Washington or, or Philadelphia. And, and I think it's becoming less so because there's so many people who move there from, from, from here, move to Los Angeles from there. But um, that, that, that when we love America and when we say they do, the real heartfelt love is when you're saying you love your neighbors. The rest of it is an abstraction. You know, I, I love my favorite philosophy professor at Berkeley said, uh, people who say they love humans don't actually like people. I always love that. If you love the abstraction, you don't like the, you don't like the actual. So, um, so you, to, to, so to, without revealing too much of your personal life, what makes you feel rooted in your locale? Uh, do you participate in local things that ground you and make you love your city? Yeah, that that's actually a really good question. And I think for most of my life, I have not sought local community. And I don't know if it's just because I'm an introvert or because I have found meaning and interest in a larger national scale and focused on the abstraction. Like, for example, I, you know, I've, I've developed an expertise in, in Latino civic engagement and voting behavior. And I love looking at numbers. Uh, and Latinos as numbers. And I can tell you everything you need to know about 18 to 35 year old uh, Latinas in the Southwestern United States uh, from the abstract. 
I, I'm not involved in in working with any of the groups that actually work with Latinas in the southwestern United States to develop that civic engagement. I don't have, I've lived in Sacramento for 25, 30 years now. I don't have any of that uh, real strong cultural commitment outside of my professional network. Um, I've, I've kind of, I've, I've, I've recognized it honestly in the last couple of years that I probably would be a little bit more fulfilled if I had that, that local tie, but I don't, and I haven't. And I'm wondering if it's just because of the age cohort that I'm in, in this, in this generation that I'm in that, that fewer and fewer of us are bowling together. We are bowling alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have found my passion. I've found my interest and my expertise in the abstract. Let me ask you, so your, 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 your mother, uh, is Ventura County, does she, let me ask, does she have a different level of engagement with her community than you do in yours? Yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely like with the church, she's very involved with her church. Uh, you know, it's good Catholics growing up. That was where she found a lot of community and a lot of connection and a lot of interaction. Um, didn't mean that we spent a lot of time, you know, at church together, but that's where the network was essentially built out. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I have not sought that out. Um, I would say both of my sisters have um, and, and are engaged at a level that I think we were at growing up. And so maybe that um, lack of community tells me a, a lot about a lot about me personally. But it also, and I think in your trajectory, your, your mobility, right? And this, yeah. You're part of the, we are both part of this trajectory of American culture that, that we're talking about. I, I think that's exactly right. Our, both yeah. of our life experiences mm -hmm. give us kind of an understanding of, of the networks uh, that we were both a part of and not a part of, by mm -hmm. the way, and being able to observe them. Right. And understand them yeah. as we've kind of moved on in our lives and in our professions and, <laughs> and in our, in our passions and our pursuits. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I grew up in Ventura County. I grew up in a little city called Moore Park. My family moved there in 1971. It was a town about 80% Mexican American, uh, about 3,500. By the time I graduated from high school, 18, 20 years later, right. It was a town of 35,000, about 80% white. And so watching those networks of the local, you know, Catholic church where all of us Mexican American families went and grew up every year, it became a smaller and smaller portion of the little town that we knew. And it was increasingly populated by people who did not have that network and not have that connection. And so I was part of a larger growing community that I was kind of a part of, and I understood it because it was increasingly my classmates, but it was not from the network that I originally uh, started my life's journey with. And you've been, you straddled both and you understand networks because you've been in and out of both. Yeah. Kind of as a survival mechanism, right? Right. It's kind right. of like you learn both and Our I understand them, but I'm neither fully a part of either. And, and, and that I think that helped me develop a political skill to try to understand two very, very disparate communities. I'm, I understand Republican voters. And I understand yeah. Latino voters. I mean, what right. kind of a unicorn is that? Doesn't make right. any sense. You're a unicorn, buddy. But we were told by our producers to cut it now. And that is a great point. I would love to actually talk about more park and your straddling those communities at, an, at another uh, at another podcast. Uh, until then, uh, why don't you send us out, buddy? Uh, this was a great conversation. Let's finish up next week and continue it going forward.
Thanks again for visiting with Gregory Rodriguez and Mike Madrid on this episode of Americanata. If you've enjoyed the discussion, please help us out, share, review, and give us five stars. We'll talk to you next episode.